Farm Food Facts, where every farmer, every acre, and every voice matter. Welcome to Farm Food Facts for Wednesday, April 1st, 2020. I'm your host, Phil Lempert. This is probably the most serious April Fool's Day in my entire life, as we're faced as a nation with one of the most serious epidemics in our lives. Many of our farmers are in the fields preparing their crops for spring. And let me assure you, they are committed to ensuring that this year's harvest will produce affordable, sustainable, and accessible foods, which are the backbone of our economy, as we've seen in our supermarkets over the past few weeks. We're also seeing an extraordinary effort from our farmers and ranchers working together and coordinating their efforts to fill the supply chain. Consumers are confused, and now more than ever, we need to hear from the experts. Dr. Mark Jackwood is one of those experts, and one of the most asked questions from consumers is whether COVID-19 can be transmitted to humans from animals. Beginning this week, we will also be giving a hashtag virtual high five to those who are entrusted with getting our foods from farm to table and who are making a difference right now and deserve a huge thank you. Today's hashtag virtual high five goes to Dr. Mark Jackwood, and you'll soon hear why. Dr. Jackwood is the J.R. Glisson Professor of Avian Medicine and head of the Department of Population Health in the College of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Georgia. He is a molecular virologist, and his primary area of research is the study of respiratory viruses. I can think of no one more qualified to answer this question and give us the explanation of what the real situation is. Dr. Jackwood, welcome to Farm Food Facts. My pleasure. So tell us a little bit about your research with this disease that we're seeing in birds. Are we, are we to the point where we should be very concerned about the coronavirus in poultry and in other livestock? Uh, well, we've been studying coronaviruses in birds for over 30 years, and particularly infectious bronchitis virus. And right now, uh, and there's you know, scientific reasons for this, does not appear that, that domestic animals, livestock, or poultry are involved in the spread of this disease. That's, that's great. Um, you know, what are, what's the most important things that you've learned that you can translate, you know, from, from the human outbreak around the world to help solve this problem? Sure. So one of the things that we know about this virus is being a coronavirus, it's fairly easy to kill. So, uh, soap and water disinfectants, obviously hand sanitizer, those kind of things are easy to kill. It, it doesn't last very long in the environment, although some of the studies that have come out recently for COVID-19 shows that it can last for days, mm -hmm. uh, which is not unusual for coronaviruses in certain situations. One of the things that we've learned with working with coronaviruses and birds is these viruses, this disease is really, really difficult to control without a vaccine. Uh, it's just that transmissible. And we don't have a vaccine yet. Not for COVID-19, no. Right. You know, biosecurity, uh, what we, you know, are calling social distancing with the COVID-19, we call biosecurity in, in the poultry industry and in many other food animal production industries. It's not enough to keep the virus out. It's, it's that infectious. 
So without a vaccine, this COVID-19 is going to be very, very difficult to control, and it's certainly we're not going to stop it. So from what I've read, and again, I'm not a scientist, so pardon me if I'm, if I'm sounding uh, dumb here, but from what I read, it started with a bat in China. That's correct, correct? Yes, that, that is what uh, folks are finding right now is that, the, in fact, you know, and that was an easy call because bats have been found to be the reservoir for mammalian coronaviruses. Okay, so why, why does it get limited to bats and not to poultry or, or other animals? So there's thousands of species of bats. And they harbor. Don't tell me that. That scares me. <laughs> they, it's true. I don't want to know. They that. harbor just as, just as many or more different coronaviruses. The mammalian coronaviruses are the alpha and beta coronaviruses. The bird coronaviruses are the, the gamma coronaviruses. So now the mammalian coronaviruses they use certain cell receptors that are unique to mammals, which birds don't have. the The COVID nineteen virus uses the same cell receptor. And the cell receptor is the protein on the surface of the host cell that allows the virus to get into and infect the the, uh, person or the animal. So the the COVID-19 virus uses the same uh, ACE2 human receptor that SARS coronavirus used. Mm -hmm. And those receptors are, believe it or not, very similar. The human receptor is very similar to the receptors in bats. So bats being this natural reservoir of all these different coronaviruses, it's it's not a very big jump to go from a bat coronavirus into an intermediate host and then to a human. The thing about COVID-19 is, yeah, the bats are probably the reservoir, and there's evidence that there's some very closely related bat coronaviruses to COVID-19. We have yet to identify an intermediate host. So I know that you're responsible for the development of a bunch of vaccines that's used in commercial poultry. Do any of those prevent the poultry from getting COVID-19 or this is the work that you're doing right now? Well, okay. So first of all, let's let's back up a minute. And, And poultry and other livestock and pets are likely not infected with COVID-19. They're not involved in the transmission of this virus to humans. SARS, when that was, uh, when we actually tried experimentally to infect poultry, we could not do it because the receptors in, in birds just aren't there for this particular virus. So to say that, you know, that, that the virus is, you know, involved in, in any of our livestock is, it's a misnomer. That, that's not true. There's no real threat from our pets or from livestock and poultry or transmission of, of the COVID-19 virus. So all over the world, people are panicked. They're cleaning out, you know, grocery shelves. They're buying hundreds of rolls of toilet paper because they don't know, you know, what's happening. What kind of reassurance can you give to the average consumer who's, you know, watching this news 24-7, scared? What can you tell them as a scientist? So, yeah, I mean, it is it is definitely trying times, no doubt about it. We've never seen anything like this before in our lifetimes. The difficult news is that this being so infectious that you need to practice social distancing. You need to stay home. You need to isolate yourself from anybody who potentially could be infected with the disease. And the problem there with this COVID-19 virus is that people can be infected and be transmitting the disease without any symptoms. 
So you go to the grocery store and you might be next to somebody who is just as healthy as you are, but that individual is infected and could be could be um, infecting you. So we want to practice that social distancing, obviously do all the things that the CDC and WHO recommend, wash your hands, disinfect things. Like I said, the virus is easy to kill. The, the scaring thing is that we really don't know how bad this is going to get. But I think that the that there are some highlights on the horizon. And that is that there's a number of different therapeutic drugs uh, that are being tested. And I think that the treatments for the symptoms are, are improving as we learn more about this particular disease. So I'm hopeful that even though maybe a vaccine, according to the experts, is gonna take a year or more sometimes, uh, it takes quite a long time to develop the, the vaccines. It could be that we have other measures that we can use to help with the disease and the survival rate. So what, you know, what we're seeing here is we're seeing grocers either putting tape down in their in their checkout lanes, separating people six feet down in Australia. Uh, Woolworths and Coles have, have printed up very fancy circles that say six foot distance. We're now starting to see just about every supermarket retailer putting in a sheet of plexiglass between the cashier and uh, the customer to protect the cashier as well. What else would you like grocers to know about this? And are there any other things that they should be doing? Well, I mean, there's only so many things that we can do, right? The grocers need to treat every individual that enters that store as a potentially infected individual. Like I said, people can be infected with a virus and be, can be transmitting it to people around them and, and not have any symptoms at all, feel perfectly healthy. Um, you know, the, the uh, incubation period for this virus is anywhere from five to, to 14 days. So, you know, there can be uh, quite a lot of, of human-human interactions with someone who's infected and not feeling sick at all. You know, the, the thing grocers need to do is exactly what they are doing, following the guidelines, keeping people uh, distance away from them and, and just disinfect, disinfect, disinfect. I mean, get those alcohol wipes, the Clorox wipes out and, and wipe down everything that people touch. And what we're seeing is the retailers doing that. They've brought on extra people. They're closing earlier. They're opening up later. So that, you know, there's grocers that every 20 minutes um, have their people, you know, wiping down the handles and the frozen food cases and, and everything else. So they're, they're responding and, and they're doing that from all the major grocers. So, Dr. Jackwood, thank you for taking the time. I know it's a very, very busy time for you as there are new developments. I hope you'll join us and keep us all up to date on what's going on with this very serious problem. And thank you for your good work and your insights. Yes, thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to today's podcast episode. For more information on all things food and agriculture, please visit us at usfarmersandranchers.org. Also, be sure to look for us on Facebook at US Farmers and Ranchers or on Twitter at USFRA. Until next time.